0: Except for the Marabar Caves, and they are twenty miles off, the city of Chandrapur presents nothing extraordinary. Edged rather than washed by the river Ganges, it trails for a couple of miles along the bank, scarcely distinguishable from the rubbish it deposits so freely. There are no bathing steps on the riverfront, as the Ganges happens not to be holy here. Indeed, there is no riverfront, and bazaars shut out the wide and shifting panorama of the stream. The streets are mean, the temples ineffective, and though a few fine houses exist, they're hidden away in gardens or down alleys whose filth deters all but the invited guest. Chandrapur was never large or beautiful, but two hundred years ago it lay on the road between Upper India, then Imperial, and the sea, and the fine houses date from that period. The zest for decoration stopped in the 18th century, nor was it ever democratic. In the bazaars there is no painting, and scarcely any carving. The very wood seems made of mud, the inhabitants of mud moving. So abased, so monotonous is everything that meets the eye, that when the Ganges comes down it might be expected to wash the excrescence back into the soil. Houses do fall, people are drowned and left rotting, But the general outline of the town persists, swelling here, shrinking there, like some low but indestructible form of life. Inland, the prospect alters. There is an oval medan and a long, sallow hospital. Houses belonging to Eurasian stand on the high ground by the railway station. Beyond the railway, which runs parallel to the river, the land sinks, then rises again rather steeply. On this second rise is laid out the little civil station, and viewed hence, Chandrapur appears to be a totally different place. It is a city of gardens. It is no city but a forest sparsely scattered with huts. It is a tropical pleasance, washed by a noble river. The toddy palms and neem trees and mangoes and people that were hidden behind the bazaars now become visible and in their turn hide the bazaars. They rise from the gardens whose ancient tanks nourish them. They burst out of stifling purlieus and unconsidered temples. Seeking light and air, and endowed with more strength than man or his works, they soar above the lower deposit to greet one another with branches and beckoning leaves, and to build a city for the birds. Especially after the rains do they screen what passes below, but at all times, even when scorched or leafless, They glorify the city to the English people who inhabit the rise, so that newcomers cannot believe it to be as meagre as it is described and have to be driven down to acquire disillusionment. As for the civil station itself, it provokes no emotion.